Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Hello and welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullens. And it's another fan's view. Join with Lee McLean as always and Paul Draper to talk everything Everton and looking forward to the much-anticipated game against Leeds United at home at sat- on Saturday at Goodison Park. Lee, how many times have we said this already this season? Another six-pointer, Everton v Leeds on Saturday? But if you said looking forward to Saturday, I'm not quite sure about that. Um you know, along for the day that we're looking forward to going to the game again. It's just it's just nerve-wracking, isn't it? I think we're a couple of days out from it now and it's it's massive again. And I think every game between now and the end of the season is going to carry equal importance unless we put this mad run together. But listen, it's Leeds. It's the, the side that I would predict we're going to be in the battle with, like we were last season, obviously with Burnley in the mix as well. But I think it's going to, it could well come down to us and them. So it's a, it's a six-point swing. Uh, you look ahead to Leeds' next game and they've got Southampton. So if, if, if the unthinkable was to happen, and obviously we're not thinking that way, um, but then they go and beat Southampton, we could be cut adrift. So this is this is massive. It's huge. Um, everyone knows what the the concerns are amongst the fan base at the minute and it's Everton's um, struggles in front of goal and, and we've got to find a way. We need to find a formula. Sean Dyche needs to earn his crust and, and find a way of creating more chances and scoring more goals. Um, but I don't care about the performance. It's all about the result. Um, similar type of performance to Arsenal would be lovely, but we just got to get anything, something coming, a scruffy goal off someone's backside, an own goal, a penalty, whatever. We've just got to find a way to get three points on Saturday. It's absolutely massive. Paul, same to you. Saturday, do you see this as another six-point? I know we spoke about it at pre-match Wolves all them months ago. Would you say this is the same? Oh, yeah. This is... Probably, I think every time I've, we've come here, you and me, Ben, we've spoke so many times about the games and we're not going to... We all know every game now from, from now till the end of the season is basically like like a final, as, as uh, the saying goes. Um, on the game, I think it'll just depend on if Dominic Carver-Lewin's fits enough to even make the squad, maybe, if he if he trains uh, back end of the week, given the last 30, because their centre-halves, they're not... They're not that good, obviously. That, that's why they're in the battle. They've got a few good attacking players, which I'm sure we'll touch on later, what what their threats are, what we can see coming from, uh, from them. But yeah, just as, as every as every fan's view we've done since since December, since before Christmas, it's massive games, six points, all that, all that sort of stuff, yeah. And as Lee said, it's a six-point swing, so need to just play our game, not, not worry too much about them, even though they do have... You do have a few dangerous players and a few dangerous scenarios that he can play, especially with with uh, the interim manager. I think they've been very good the past two games against a very difficult opposition in Man United. 
But yeah, it's just keeping our sticking to our game plan. And then if we stick to our game plan and, and it works, then we can't we should have more quality than them to win the game. This is arguably the biggest game for me this season. It is a cup final, a six-pointer, a must-win. Sean Dice needs to find a way out of this group of players. He's obviously seen the, the highs and the lows that we've all seen over the however long we've been on the surf. You know, we've seen us go and perform at home, look a completely different team against Arsenal and then against Liverpool away. You know, is, is, is it the atmosphere? Is it that ground? Is it Anfield? They just seem to go backwards again. They lost a bit of confidence. So Sean Dice is going to find out a bit more about these players. I think he said after the game, a bit disappointed in, in some of the players himself. He got let down by a few. Thought we played quite well. You know, we in bits and bobs, I thought we played okay. I know you, you had your say on, on the Derby, Lee, mm -hmm. and I spoke to you at length regarding it. I think Sean Dice will have found, he would have learned more about his players in the, in the defeat yeah. than what he would have done during the win against Arsenal. Mm -hmm. You know, he's probably been let down. And I know you said it on the last podcast, I'm going to bring in certain players now. And I'm, this isn't me criticising certain players, just looking at individual performances. Is there anyone in that starting 11 on Monday who you think, Lee, could potentially lose out on Saturday with it being such an important game? I think there's a, a number of players on the pitch who, who couldn't really have many complaints if they were taken out. I think there has to be changes on Saturday. The performance was okay. We were up against an opposition who were better than us, but still in really bad form. And I don't think we saw the Everton that we were, or everyone was expecting to see on Monday night. I thought it was really, really disappointing. We didn't really lay a glove on Liverpool. But full-back positions was the one during the game. People who were at the game afterwards were, were, were talking about it, people watching it at the time. I think the, the theme that was coming through was the um, the performance or lack of, of the full-backs. And it's an area of concern with Everton, that's for sure. I think... For different reasons, Seamus Coleman is obviously 34. I don't think he would, would be choosing to play every week himself if you were to ask him and he was honest. He's a, he's a professional, he's an honest guy. To, to put him out every week or twice a week at times and ask him to do 90 minutes is a big ask for a 34-year-old with the amount of football that he's got in his legs. That's a big ask. He never lets us down. He always gives everything he's got. But ultimately, when you get to that age, sometimes the best isn't good enough. And at this level, that's what's getting shown. Liverpool clearly targeted Seamus Coleman with Darwin Nunes on Monday. It was clear to see it was, it was a, an instruction that they were put on the field to follow. Um, so if Nathan Patterson's got any chance of being back, I think we put him in. I think we need legs, we need energy, pace at the back, just in case we're caught in, in predicaments like we were for Liverpool's first goal on Monday. Hopefully we'll have learned from that and we're not, but we need legs, we need energy. We need that bit of snideness back in as well. And on that count, I think Ben Godfrey ticks a few of those boxes that I've just mentioned there, pace, recovery, um, snideness. You know, he, he loves a tackle and, and Goodison Park loves a tackle. And I think Leeds will will put up a fight to that type of side themselves. So I think we'll be in for a for a battle on, on Saturday and you want them type of players in. Vitaly Mikhelenko's really, really struggled. I know he had a particularly bad game on Monday, but I think he, he struggled on and off for, for a while. <clears throat> and I'm not quite sure what his glass ceiling is. How good can he get? You know, what, what, what's he got in terms of ability to push on and improve? I'm, I'm not not too sure. Um, so fullbacks would be an area that I'd be looking to um, to change. But you've also mentioned in the week, and I agree with in terms of Yerry Mina, our record with him in the side compared to our record without him is, you know, it's chalk and cheese. So if, if he's got 90 minutes in his legs, if he's fit, I think both Cody and Tarkovsky, there's arguments to drop either, either of them. I think 
both of them are struggling in, in different ways. They're not showing the early se season form that we saw from either of them. Um, and I think just Yerry Mina slots in there at, at centre-back for that presence again. Presence from set pieces, um, real leader at the back. Again, somebody who's snidey. I don't think he, he, he loses many individual battles. So we could see potentially changes for, for three out of the back four. Um, ahead of that, I think the the topic of discussion could be Ellis Sims. Uh, I know he, he really struggled on the night, but I really, really felt sorry for for the lad. He's, um, he's come in, he should never, ever be in that position. He should be developing somewhere else at this stage. But the predicament that we're in as a club means that he's not, and he's here, and we're thrusting him in in a side derby. It's bonkers. But if you're going to play Ellis Sims and you're going to stick with him, we need to put someone up with him. We need to have people closer to him because... The gap between him and the midfield on, on Monday was, it was just a chasm. It was like 25 yards every time the ball went up anywhere near him. So what chances he got? He needs, he needs someone. He needs a foil. He needs a support. So I think they're the ones. I don't think you'll see many changes in midfield. I think the full-backs, potentially a centre-back, potentially Ellis Sims. I completely agree with you with regards to Yerry Mean. Obviously, I put a tweet out in the week. I just feel like looking at Connor Cody's stats, talks a good game. He did under Frank, did under Sean Dyche. He, he always comes out and talks <clears throat> a good game afterwards. But if you look at the underlying metrics and the stats, and some of the listeners might not like that side of the game. You know, it's not for everyone, but I, I find but it quite exist. interesting. But they do exist. Yeah. And Connor Cody is not having a great season. Mm -hmm. And like you quite rightly said, with Yerry Mina in the team, I think the win percentage is above 50%. If we win 50% of our games going into the rest of the season, we're going to comfortably stay up. I think the aerial duels he wins a lot better. Cody will always seem to tuck in. I know we talk about can he play in the back two and the back three. And but when he plays well, Cody, he's very good. Against Arsenal, he was very good. But when he has a, a bit of an off day when the likes of Gakpo was dropping in, Nunes was playing very intelligently, I've got to unfortunately mm -hmm. admit. Mm -hmm. He was getting dragged all over the place and he was just kept on being completely lost. And to get countered the way we did, and you know, it was both goals were our fault, and I hate glossing over it, but I haven't had my say on it. It just knocks me sick. If we were, if that Tarkovsky together yeah, would have gone in, is. it could have genuinely been a different game. Mm -hmm. But Paul, bringing you back in, obviously Leeds highlighted the fullbacks. Now on to Leeds, their probably main strength is obviously Ganotto and Somerville on the wings. Would you like to see a change of fullback? Going back onto the the changes that could be done, I think the, there's up to five players places up for debate. See the two fullbacks. I'd like to see a change of if Patterson's fit, hundred percent match. Well, obviously he's not going to be match fit, but if he's fit enough to play, he's got to start because I don't think it was a, a muscle injury, which you obviously don't take as many risks because they're, they're quite dodgy. Godfrey comes in at left back. If not, I'll, I'll even throw Holgate in at right back if Patterson's not fit because he's also got that bit of his of a lesson about him. I think there's a question over the midfield because. We need to find a place for Damari Gray in the team because he's our only sort of. We do. He's he's the only person that can provide a bit of pace in that in that team, and I'm not saying that he deserves this, or I'm just giving an option. I'd like to maybe see a Wobi in the Decore role, sort of the advanced off the three, which has been where he's put where he's shown his best football this season. Out wide, he's not good enough. He he just he, he'll track back because he's got that work rate about him, but. And he'll still create chances like the one he uh, the header for Davis he put yeah. a very good ball in, but he's sort of wasted out there because there's there's nothing that goes through there. So them two obviously who starts up front is a massive massive talking point. I think it should be more pay if Carver Lewin's not fit because Sims just isn't mobile enough for me. I could see the reasoning 
why he started Monday night for the headers. I think first half hour or so, I think he was having quite an all right game winning. He was winning quite a lot of headers. I've spoke to a few, few of me, few of me friends who are Liverpool fans, and they were saying that they they were feeling that he was sort of bullying Gomez in the air, even though then he weren't holding the ball, which was my biggest criticism of him. But as Lee said, he was very isolated. It was like going back to the days where Lukaku was on his own and on the Cumin and everyone else was just on the halfway line and he he just scored goals for fun. He just created the goals himself, but we haven't got someone like that now that can just create goals themselves. But yeah, going back to your original point of the fullback, I think that's got to be the main the main position in the pitch that Sean Dyche takes a big look at because they've got, as you say, dangerous wingers with Nonto and Somerville. And even Sinisterra, if he's back from injury, they've also got... Giorgiano, what's it? Yeah, they've got him who hasn't started a game for them too. They've got also Brendan Aronson that can drop there and can come on. I don't know if Rodrigo's fit for them. He's all, he's got about over 10 goals, I think, this season in all competitions. They've got threats out wide that can hurt us, especially the, like, the way Sean Dyche likes to play with protecting the V. I know we spoke about this before, and then your fullback's got to be mobile and athletic enough to come out and pressure the winger like we did against Arsenal. So that's going to be the main point of concern, I think. You mentioned Damari Gray, Paul. I'll stick with you on this one because I'm, I'm interested to get your opinion on, obviously, Damari Gray as a whole. I think, you know, I've said it for years with to Lee and to obviously the Bobble and others. I, I really like Damari Gray, but in a Sean Dice team, I think we've seen the stat that the play, the wingers are running 11, 12 kilometres a game. I think the most he's run is, is eight, 8.7 kilometres, I think. And I'm not... I'm not him for that, but do you, do you think Damari Gray's a Sean Dice player or could we see him up front? But, but I agree, we need to try and find somewhere for him to fit in, I agree. Yeah, I think you and me were speaking about this coming in into here after the Arsenal game where we, we were saying, will he have a place on the Sean Dice? And I agree with you, he needs, he probably needs to put a bit more effort in to play on the Sean Dice, but he's got that in him. That's the frustrating thing for me because again, we go back to the City game, the amount of running he put in, the, the effort he put in, even when after 70 minutes, he couldn't walk. I remember us touching on this. He couldn't walk and he was still sprinting down everyone, making fouls, stopping counter-attacks, which we don't seem to do anymore. And he's got to find that in him, that form. And I think if anybody is to get a player that's committed and to fight for the battle as much, I think it's Sean Dice. He's just got that sort of talk about him anyway. You'd like to sort of go to war for him. Lee, obviously on that note, then past two games, just from obviously a fan's view, would you have been happy with three points or do you think were you a bit more disheartened over the performance against Liverpool it's or would you have took three points before no, them two games? Oh, I, I, before, yeah. But it, it, that's, it's a recurring argument you have when, when you're looking at fixtures and you're talking about football, isn't it? Before, yeah, I had to bit your hands off for three points, especially the, the predicament, the form that we were in. You couldn't see where the next win was coming from. So the, the three points against Arsenal was massive. I just don't necessarily think the derby was a free hit. And I think it's just Liverpool were there. And if you look at some of the recent performances against Brighton, against Wolves, they were, they were picked yeah. off for fun. Um, and and I'd say, even though, let's get one thing straight, they're still miles better than we are. They've got better individuals, better quality all over the pitch. And I think the front three was from our whole, our whole starting eleven combined yeah, yeah. in cost. They, they've, got, <laughs> they've got injuries, but they can put in players of that calibre, can't they? Um, but... I would still say that's probably the weakest overall Liverpool side we've faced in a decade. Um, and we didn't threaten them. We didn't lay a glove on them for one reason or another. Um, Paul's just touched upon a point there. 
around stopping counter-attacks. That's a thing we need to get a grip of. Take a yellow card. I don't know why we've suddenly stopped doing that when it's blatantly obvious. I've been watching football now all, all my life and 30 odd years. And when you see something developing like that, when you see it's a break, it's a three on one and you're the one, you wipe someone out. It, take you it, take yeah. the yellow. It's a, it's a professional foul. It's a yellow. As long as you're not, the, you're not the last man. I don't know why we've stopped doing that. Um, but yeah, I think just the performance, the nature of the, the performance at Anfield or the lack of, the fact that we just rolled over. It's probably the easiest three points Liverpool will get all season. That's what leaves the, the sour taste in the mouth. But we're probably ahead of where most people would have predicted before those two games. Um, and now if we can capitalise on that and get another three points on Saturday, six points out of those nine, we'd have all taken that. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lee, you're, you're Sean Dice then. Obviously, we've just been I'm defeated not, in the Merseyside like derby. I'm just saying because you do look a little bit like him. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying to these players? Are you worrying about ourselves? Are you going to be worrying about Leeds? What, how can you get a bounce back from these players? Obviously, Goodison's going to be massive, isn't it, as always? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, listen, Goodison will, will play its part. I think at home, we're a different beast. I think the atmosphere will take care of itself like it did against Arsenal. Um, it's going to be... It's good. It's three o'clock kickoff. Everyone's had three more hours time in the AL house and yeah. things like that it's going to be it's going to be raucous I think Leeds are the type of opposition that will probably throw a few challenges in on us they'll, they'll stand up and they'll meet us in the middle of the ring and I think that again plays into Everton's hands I think we like that type of game but if I'm Sean Dyche I'm saying Arsenal's your template we need to repeat that in terms of efforts in terms of application but that isn't always enough you can't always rely on that I thought I think we, we caught Arsenal on a little bit of an off day we need to find a way, and this is what Sean Dyche has got to do, of finding a system in front of that back four that works and we start creating chances because we've got it. If, if you're not scoring loads of goals, we've got to find a way of, of nicking one. And then at the other end, we've got to be really, really solid. So it's changing your personnel, trusting them to go out and, and, provide, and produce performance on the pitch. The fans will do their part. Leeds, I think we've got to remember, are down there for a reason. I think they, we t- the media and fans tend to overhype Leads a little bit. They've been down there for the last two seasons because they can't defend. Yeah. Defense is very weak. Defense is weak and and they tire after like 65, 70 minutes. So again, it's being the game, be at least level going into like the 
the second half of the second half and I think Everton will come out on top. Paul, looking at Leeds, obviously they've recently sacked their manager, Jesse Marsh, who had a very familiar style to a Frank Lampard. And they got entertaining, the nick- weren't he? He, he got- was entertaining him. <laughs> he got the nickname Yank Lampard eventually. Aww. Obviously, they got the assistant manager and now no new manager in. Got Had an all right January window for me. Obviously, Weston McKenney uh, and a few other players came into the football. Giorgiano Rutter for 40 million quid, even though he hadn't paid, played since November. I think he's looked a bit rusty. How do you think they're going to come at us? Do you think they're going to come with all guns blazing? Because I watched them against Man United and they are very energetic and a very quick side, aren't they? They'll come out flying, out to, flying out the blocks. That's what we need to need to weather the storm early because they'll come out flying. They did against, they were doing it against Man United. They were one of the most informed teams in the league right now. They've they've been playing really, really well since it's, since yeah. since the World Cup. They've been outstanding, haven't they? So they'll come out all guns blazing. They've got a solid midfield that know each other. They know each other perfectly well. Tyler Adams and Weston McKenney, they know each other from uh, being playing together I think, since they were 13 and obviously in the American setup uh, all through all their youth teams. They've got pace up wide. They've also got Warriors in there. Like I know they, they are very poor defensively, but they've got Warriors there. Luke Hailing, he, yeah, he's a Warrior. Yeah. He'll, he'll go to battle with anyone. He's kept Rashford quite quiet these two games, even though he scores a couple of goals. Being Heather's Coming into the talking in, in that gap, in, yeah, yeah, into the six yard, into the eighteen yard box when Wegos has gone off or he's dropped deep. So we we need to stay calm, stick to the game plan, and weather the storm. Just kill the game off for a bit. Or we got to put our own challenges in there. When I say kill the game off, it's not just sort of taking our time on the ball. We need to be aggressive. We need to be intense because that's when when we're gonna get Goodison on side. I think Sean Dyche said. Before Arsenal, it all starts from the players. Yeah. If the players are not, if it if it seems like the players are not giving hundred percent, because I, I don't believe players go out there to not give hundred percent. If it seems like they're not giving that hundred percent early on, we know what we know what we're all like. We get frustrated, so you should, because we, we deserve. People will argue we deserve better than what we're getting at the moment. So yeah, we just need to weather the storm, but be in their faces at the same time. We need to let them know we're not going, we're not here, we're not going to get bullied by you. We've got energy in midfield ourselves that can bully them and can and can get at them and be aggressive. I, I agree again. The, the, the players feed the fans and I think that's so important. Obviously, like you said, Lee, Goodison will always rise to any occasion. But the players against Arsenal committed themselves. They put the yards in, they put the, the work in, they put the effort in and they put everything that we all transpire to be about Evans where I support them and love the fight love the passion and we need to see that again we need to see that energy again if we um, we put ourselves in that bracket and really go for it I honestly think we'll come away three points mm-hmm. I'm weirdly confident as always that we're going to get there and get three points mm-hmm. we're going to get it done when the going gets tough Evan always seems to, to get over the line and looking into the future obviously Leeds Aston Villa are home next then we've got uh, Arsenal midweek Forest away. There's like a clutter of games. Brentford at home. Mm-hmm. Five massive games. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the minimum requirements you'd expect points-wise? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but it's 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 the talk of everyone. This next five games for me will determine if we stay up or go down. Yeah, it will. I agree. Um, I think managers are lying when they say they don't set points targets. Sean Dyson and his team will be setting, looking at those cluster of five games and they'll be thinking, okay, so... Potentially three on Saturday. Again, you've got to be looking for three against Aston Villa at home. Really disappointing results away from home against the poor Villa side at the time. 
Arsenal way. Listen, it's Arsenal way, the top of the league for a reason. Um, Brentford at home, Forest away. I think seven's your minimum. Seven, seven's your absolute minimum. If you're being optimistic, you're looking at nine. Really optimistic, you're looking at ten. I don't think you're going to get anything away at Arsenal unless you're perfect and you come away with a, with a point. But I think seven, seven to nine, seven being your minimum, nine being okay. That's that's a really, really good return out of one of the, out of those fixtures. Uh, anything less than that, and I think we're going to be really up against it. Mentioned at the start of the podcast around Leeds, next fixture being Southampton. If we give them the lift, and don't forget, this is this is a topic of conversation that we've talked about when Lampard either side of Lampard's being sacked. Okay, had we have made that decision earlier, would we be in the predicament that we're in now? Because we looked at a similar run of fixtures after the World Cup, four really winnable fixtures on paper, and we spewed them up a wall. And a lot of people put that down to Frank Lampard still being in charge. So yeah. this is where Sean Dyche now can prove, okay, if I, if I had been in the hot seat, then we would have been in a different position because this is a very similar game and this is a similar run of fixtures to what we talked about at length and we all were gutted that we sort of wasted at the time. So hopefully this is a different Everton. We're going to have more fight about us. There's going to be more tactical now, still be more of a measured approach from Dyche than Lampard took. I think he was very, very gung-ho and naive at times. Um, but it, you've got it. I know it's a cliche, one game at a time. You've got to play the game ahead of you. Don't get too far ahead because Everton have often surprised you when it comes to runs of yeah, fixtures. And it, yeah. when it looks hard on paper, we end up you know, chaining out a run of results. So all starts on Saturday. We've got to get the first three points on the board. Same topic to you, Paul. These next five block of fixtures, how important are they? And, you know, what would be your minimum of points? <sighs> Question you asked me also before, what was I think it was? And we said 10 and we got one. Mm. <laughs> I'd say you've got to win your home games. I said, th I said that at the time, still stick to me going, you got to win your home games. Unless you're playing Liverpool or Man City, you've got to win your home games. Um, so nine, got a nine for me. What games do you think we can go and win? Uh, Leeds, Villa, Brentford, the three home games. They're, they're the ones you've got to look at to say, if you, if, if you don't win your home games, and you, you don't deserve to be in the division, don't you? You're not good enough if you can't, if you can't win your home games. Brentford is a difficult game because they're a very good team, very solid. But again, at Goodison, the, the crowd would <clears throat> always be involved behind the team. You've got to look to, to be better than them on the day. You've got to back yourself. You've got to believe in yourself as players, as, as staff, as a club. Got to believe that you you've got enough to go out there and and perform on the day, and especially at home, when you've got a, a fan base fully behind you from the off. If you then, if you if you then again, if you then make it seem like you don't care or you're not performing, they'll let you know. It's just the way it works, especially in especially in this city. Not only this club, I think them over the park. They they're also quite the same. We were speaking the other day. If we can sort of take the pressure off them, their their crowd will sort of turn on them too. It's just the way we we breathe football here. So yeah, it's got to be for me nine points from your three home games. Um, Arsenal away, it's a big ask. I said to you before before Wolves, why can't we go up to City get a get a uh, a point like Brentford did? Ended up doing that surprisingly, but you can go there, especially when we've just seen the sort of blueprint to be Arsenal, be on the faces, be aggressive. Again, it'll be a big ask, but we can we can sort of do that. But you just need to go look at your home games. 
It's time for the players to stand up and be counted. This is now a massive part of Everton's fixtures. You know, it's a massive part of Everton's future in the Premier League. These players need to turn up, they need to fight, and they need to believe that they can go and win these football games. I completely agree the home games are a necessity. I think we can beat Leeds. I think we can beat Aston Villa, and I think we can beat Brentford. And I may be turn out to be completely wrong, but I believe that we can. Leave the off-field antics for the fans to sort out. When you cross that white line, commit yourself imply yourself fully and get them three points whichever way possible it's going to be difficult it's going to be a slog us fans know it we've gone through it all last year we're experiencing the difficult times oh yeah not saying by any way that we're going to win all three or that it's got to be easy that's just me saying what I think as a club we should be looking to get yeah not, as, as a minimum I agree yeah that's what we should be looking and to if, get because the players are looking at that oh it's always if, if they do we could, we, we could be feeling completely different like you imagine we took 10 points out of these five games all of a sudden, you're two wins away with 12 games to go from, from safety. safety. It takes the, it lifts the pressure and, and pressure obviously, you know, impacts performance and everything else, that pressure cooker. So there's your incentive. Okay, five games time, you could be within touch and distance of safety and everything, everyone feels a lot That's just the old saying, when your home games try and draw your away games, that's always been a sort of the case for the teams that are, that are just outside the, the big, the, the biggest six clubs in the league or those top those top clubs it's always been you win your home games and then make sure your heart to beat away from home and you try and get a point so that's the way we should be looking at it it's not all this of people say we write off games no we shouldn't do shouldn't just write any game off because this is football anything can happen and at home I don't believe we should be looking down on anyone just because of the because of the the fact that we've got a full crowd going going mental at opposition players for 90 minutes and opposition players have said that in the past it's Don't very, like very it. difficult. Don't like it. We need you? to make Goodison a fortress again. I think it was Adam Ramsdale, so one of his one of his favourite grounds to go to is Goodison because of because of how tough it is and how how on top we can get of them. So mm -hmm. that just shows that at home we can beat anyone really when we're at it. Prediction times. Lee, you, mm -hmm. you were brilliant last year. You've had a few not this, so good year, this year, but not, not as many as last year. What do you I think, think I said one nil Arsenal. I think. I think you probably did. Um, I think Leeds are really poor at the back. We've, we, this is again common sentence that we've all uttered recently. First goal is massive. I think the first goal in this game is huge, considering our uh, poor numbers in front of goal. But I think if Everton get the first goal, I think we could go on and win it two or three. So I'm going to go two nil. Paul, Leeds gone two nil. What's your prediction? One nil Everton from a set piece. And I'm going to go for 2-1 Everton. I think we'll be 2-0 up and we'll concede later on and it'll be twitchy bum times at Goodison all Take around. That. Take that, that anxiety. all day. Just find a way to win. Set piece off your backside. Anything, just find mm -hmm. a way to win. Once again, thank you so much all for tuning in. A massive thank you to, as always, our sponsors over at C&D London. Go and check them out on Twitter, C&D London 1. Live from the beer keller, as always. Big, massive thank you to them as well for the ongoing support. Stay tuned to all social media channels. Some big, big news coming soon and we cannot wait to share it with you for the next venture of A View From The Bullens. In the meantime, stay safe and all the very best.